Having a Gas is the podcast that talks to the great and the good of the creative industries, and in particular finds out what makes great music for film, for TV, for commercials, for dancing to, for cooking to, for f***ing to, and more. Today I'm having a gas with Grant Hunter, the Global Exec Creative Director at Iris Worldwide. And Iris made headlines last year with a number of pieces of creative work that were led by brand purpose, including Starbucks, The Great Reset, and the NHS. There we go. Okay, so it's actually recording this time. Uh, <laughs> Confirmed. Yes. We are. We are live. Yeah, because I think we did about a whole hour last time and then, oops, sorry, didn't record. So, um, yes. It's a good gas, though, wasn't it? It was cracking, yeah, and it lives on only in my memory, but um, and hopefully yours as well. How long ago was it? It must have been... Uh, middle of June. June. I think that's... My hair is starting to go the same way as it was back then, you know, in terms of needing a, a desperate commitment. But, you know. Yeah. Has there been... Uh, what, what's, what's, um, what's the last six months been like? Because obviously for your role is slightly different to the people I traditionally speak to insofar as, you know, your title is global. And so, you know, the implications of that are uh, a little bit different. But yeah, just... You know, in brief, what I know that you said there was a bit of going back to the office in September and then coming back out of the office and then another lockdown. Just give me an overview of what things have been like since the summer. Yeah, I think it's like most places trying to make sense of the ever-changing guidelines. But um, like everyone, Zoom, Teams, video uh, chat has become the new normal. I think I've been quite surprised by how well that has gone. I think it it does slow down the creative process in terms of the little chance conversations you have in the office, you know, where you can check in and knock stuff around. I think some of our conceptual teams have found that tough at times. Uh, others, in terms of writers, I think quite enjoyed being able to get their head down at home and, uh, you know, get a bit of peace and focus on the work. But it's amazing how the technology's worked. You know, we've used uh, platforms like Miro, which um, allow you to you know, do virtual post-it brainstorms with clients. And we had a series of COVID sprints, you know, when lockdown first started, where we uh, scrambled really quickly with our planning uh, strategy faculty um, guys and you know, getting clients together. And you know, we had stuff where we were working with our Starbucks clients over in South America along with our European sort of day-to-day clients to help them make sense of the ever-changing landscape. Um, so that, that was super useful. And then I suppose as time's gone on, it just becomes more of a balance. And ideally what we wanted to do was get to a two days in the office, three days from home, and then the second lockdown happened. So we were just about to go right from the 1st of October, um, have a department day in the building. So again, you get that sense of team. And then the other day in the building is up to you when you use it, just work out when you want to see certain people working on certain projects and you know, three days work from home and that kind of balance felt kind of good I think as we go into next year that flexible working will be a big part of how we operate going forward yeah so is that uh, you know probably just answered this but is that what it looks like is going to be happening let's be ambitious and say May June maybe trying to roll it out again yeah, I mean, hopefully, but I'm sure January, February will probably be a little bit more restricted um, as we start to get into the spring. Hopefully, uh, there's enough freedom there and it's safe to encourage people to get into the office. Because I think for our creative 
their kind of sense of well-being. I think it's important that people are, are together and the office plays such a big part of our identity, you know, it builds our, our culture. But like anything, it's balance. And I think the fact that people now can work from home and don't feel guilty about it, the amount of time people spend with their family and seeing the kids, that, that's been a big benefit for, for me, you know, in terms of seeing them every morning and, and you know, bedtime and story time, you know, that, that's, that's really precious time. So that, that the massive uh, upside of COVID. Um, so I want to make sure we keep that balance. Uh, also, you know, playing with core hours, um, encouraging people to not necessarily do the early morning commute, but you know, get in and work between 10 and 4. Um, that's another staple of the way we, we work. So what does uh, managing or, or you know, supervising creative teams uh, internationally, what does that do to your schedule? Because you were talking about core hours, but core hours here are different than in New York, San Francisco, South America, et cetera. How do you manage the clock? Yeah, I mean, the, um, I suppose that's the other benefit of the video um, sort of link up play. Now the network feels a lot smaller. We were always pretty tight because we've been good over the years of, you know, moving people around different offices. So there's always someone who knows the London mothership. It's all very much based on relationship. Um, But I think the people who come into those offices who maybe haven't been in London or been to the main office now feel more connected to it, whether it's through the weekly sessions. We run a number of listening circles around different um, issues from mental health to um, equality, diversity, uh, to the environment, Um, but also on major projects. We've been able to scramble and we're doing a lot of work with the US teams, so helping the guys in Chicago and Atlanta also in San Francisco. Um, so yeah, working with London teams with planners based over in the States. It does mean you start slightly later in the day and go later at night. And that can be tricky if you're working on London, European work, as well as the US work, because you can be almost doing a double day, you know? Um, but yeah, try to get that balance right. So you give people permission to you know, start a little bit later if you're working on US hours. Um, but at times, yeah, it has been a, a real crunch. Um, People have been putting long hours in. And I think at the start, people were worried about job security, understandably. Um, so people didn't want to be seen to be letting anyone down. And so no one was saying no. I think people were just taking on everything. And I think we've got to that point where we go, look, you've got to take time out. Just getting people to take holiday. It's also been you know, a challenge because I think because you're not physically going anywhere. Yeah. You kind of go, well, that's not really a holiday, is it? Um, but just taking time off Zoom is, is a break. You need to do it. Yeah, that was um, I, I. That was one of the things that I didn't see coming. But like you said, just lack of holiday time because I imagine there's almost like a psychological thing of thinking, well, I'll take all of my holidays from this year when I can travel again and kind of build them up. But um, but yeah, I can. I certainly. Um, I remember the guys at um, the upper management at Pixar saying one of the problems we have is people working too much. And we have to kind of pull them back a little bit. And certainly, like you say, you're working on clients in the US and abroad. I can I can 100% imagine, like you said, you can accidentally do a double day. You do a European day and then you go until about one in the morning uh, or or later. And so is that, you know, as the, as the global ECD, is it your responsibility to make sure that people aren't over, you know, burning out? Yeah, I think it's, it's trying to make sure that let people know it's okay to say that put your hand up and go look this is too much and then you know either bring in support from other teams or ask for more time or bring freelance support in to, to help on those occasions but um, 
I think that's the biggest thing, you know, how do you get in and really understand how people are feeling when you're not meeting face to face? It's amazing all those non-verbal things you pick up when you just see people in and around the office. Yeah. On Zoom and uh, Teams, maybe it's a bit harder to really go, are you really okay? Are you yeah. just that facade on? So I, I think it's asking the questions and just keeping an eye out. And even though they might not tell me, just they might tell someone else and making sure it feels like those other people are supporting and can reach out someone is really struggling that's um it's good that there's so much care being taken about uh employees well-being i think i don't know i feel like that has become a much more prominent issue on the agenda in the last three to five years um and i think it's good that that conversation is you know going in that direction um but another conversation that has taken uh the lead is obviously the uh the issue of um climate change i mean it always was an issue and it, even as as long ago as it's not that long ago, but when I was in school, it was you know being taught in geography and stuff like that. So I feel like we may be the first generation that were kind of aware of it from day one. Hence, why maybe why it's becoming such an issue for marketeers because you know the the generation with consumer power, people my age, are about to come into affluence. So it's it's useful to appeal to them. But uh, you and the Purpose Disruptors were at the forefront of a big push on that over the summer. And so what I, I hoped you might do is, for the benefit of anyone listening or, or watching who hasn't seen it, explain what the intention of the Great Reset is and what the, what the purpose of that project is. Yeah, I'm mean, sure. I mean, the Purpose Disruptors are an amazing uh, community of uh, creatives and advertising, marketing professionals um, set up by a few guys, Rob, um, Actually, that's, that's, my, that's my first uh, little blank in terms of uh, going, forgetting people's names, which uh, the guys will absolutely kill me because I can remember Rob, Lisa, and now the, oh, you're going to have to edit this part out. It's uh, not Jonathan, is it? It is Jonathan, thank you. He's going to kill me. So <laughs> really sorry. But, it's yeah, okay, we'll, we'll point out that you're already, it looks like you're already in hiding, so... Jonathan, uh, Lisa and Rob um, founded it along with uh, a number of others and uh, I think it started down at a pub and um, it's basically people who really care about the environment and realised that we've got so much influence um, but we don't really always appreciate that power and I think lots of creatives have that that urge, that need to create something which has real kind of purpose and there's obviously also this kind of uh, kind of tension between the things we are we are selling often so the Great Reset is really a call to arms to say, actually, during lockdown, we've seen amazing kind of reset for what we live and, and the impacts our behaviour has on the planet. So I think already there's a 7% reduction in carbon emissions um, due to lockdown. You know, not travelling as much, not flying as much, even the food we're eating, uh, the choices we're making. So yeah, cycling more, walking more. Also, general well-being in terms of looking out for one another. There's more community spirit. So that's what the Great Reset um, sets out to do. You guys obviously helped us on the music for the launch film, which uh, we launched a, a good few months ago. I think there's something like 1,400 contributors now to that community. Uh, we launched the film. There's then a brief with BNAD to actually uh, create um, advertising across channel, which would encourage people to retain those lockdown behaviours. Uh, so there were seven winning ideas from seven different teams. And again, it, it was all about collaboration. You know? Even though there were winners, it was about the collaborative effort of that community to fill those media spaces. So 
through radio, through digital spaces on WeTransfer, uh, through outdoor sites um, across the country. Um, a number of these pieces went out and uh, went out over a three, uh, four week period. And Campaign have just featured it actually this week as one of the standout pieces um, this year in terms of you know, social change and really helping raise awareness. Uh, but I think this is just the start. So, um, I mean, check out thegreatreset.com, um, look at the Purpose Disruptors and, um, and get involved because, you know, virtual meetups happen every couple of weeks and they're constantly looking for more people to join and, and spread the message. I think that's why uh, I was uh, quite taken by the idea because I think fundamentally I uh, appreciate proactivism, which is to say that I like it when there's a, an urgency to actually do something as opposed to merely talk about the problem and wait for someone else to do something. And like you said, it, it, it was a moment when people in our industry uh, realized that we actually could you know, affect some change as opposed to waiting for our brand clients to make all of those moves at some point in the future or wait for government regulations to come in at some point in the future. So um, I, was quite, um, I was quite happy about that. And I... Um, one of the things that struck me about lockdown, because you were talking about the reduction in emissions due to the fact that we don't travel, we weren't traveling at all, uh, is it was kind of like the impossible experiment. You know, it was always a, something that you might think about: what would it actually take to stop air pollution? Like, what? How would you stop everyone driving all at once? And then we found it. So it's one of those moments where a crisis became an opportunity. Um, how, what do you think is going to happen on you know client side? Like we've seen, for example. There is an ambition with our government to rule out fossil fuel cars within 10 years. So do you think there's going to be a real kind of uptick in more sustainable products that we're then going to be all scrapping for the advertising accounts for? I think it's important that, you know, everyone you know, puts uses their, their kind of their purchasing power. You know, if, if, we, if we actually gather around brands which have that purpose, then, you know, change can happen really quickly. And it's encouraging to see statements from the government saying you know, commitments. I mean, we personally as a company are committing to be net zero by 2025. There are brands which are making big statements, aren't they? Whether it's BrewDog in the in the brewing industry, yes, the government made the commitment around um, electric mobility, um, but also our homes. You know, the, the boilers and the way we generate heat, the insulation in our houses. Yeah, looking at your car and the way you uh, drive, even to the food we eat. Um, I think it's interesting to see how much Beyond Meat and companies like that. You know, our KFC clients are playing with vegan and plant alternatives. Uh, it's really good to see, but it can't just be empty words. I mean, it needs a collective effort. And we've shown, haven't we, this year that those changes before maybe seems like they'd be impossible. Um, but because we've been forced to experience it, and we've probably found, yes, there has been loads of negative pieces, but there's been so many positives as well. You know? I think the, the uptake in video conferencing has been part of that as well, hasn't it? You know, people yeah. doubted that you could work and make it um, and be productive um, using these kind of platforms. Um, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed cycling and walking more and not using the car very much, you know. Uh, I definitely don't miss the commute. Yeah. Uh, it, it does make you think about, you know, large-scale infrastructure projects like HS2 and the amount of money which goes into them and whether that would be better diverted to broadband or an electric network to, to charge our electric cars. But, um, I think that's um, a point that someone I always go back to is um, 
uh, Rory Sutherland, the point that he made was, if you compare the cost of a, a, a large-scale national rail infrastructure to the cost of giving everyone a Zoom account um, for business, uh, you know, there would be a, a real fraction of the price. And um, now we've seen that it can actually be done. Uh, maybe that's the kind of thing that's going to happen because certainly on our part, uh, before the lockdown, as you know, because it's when we first came down to see you, we were down in London twice a month, always on the train, spending a fortune, but also, you know, there's all the carbon associated with that, carbon emissions associated with that. Whereas um, now, I mean, I'm fundamentally a lazy person, so I'm just incredibly grateful that we can basically do this. Do, do you think we'll be doing this kind of thing on into the future, just instead of, you know, flights over there for a meeting and over there for a meeting, just do the Zoom thing instead? If you think about it, I mean, the cost of that flight, you know, think about what else you could do with it. You know, we're looking at our production kind of model as well at the moment, going, we're not going to have five, six, seven people flying out to shoot. It just does not make sense. Um, where we need to, maybe one person, maybe two at most. But um, and we've shot, you know, recent ads um, for the NHS. That was all done remotely. You know, it's only in you know, a West London uh, film set. But um, it was a Saturday, all shot on on Zoom. And I think if you've got trust with your production company and your director, and you've done a lot of pre prod and prep beforehand, then the quality of the work doesn't. Get compromised, um, but what you have done is reduced your carbon footprint and the impact on the planet. So, I, I think the north-south divide. You know, we talk about HS2, all the, the infrastructure of, of roads and rail. Surely, this is a better way of us connecting and chatting now. You know, so I, I think surely that levels the playing field. Whether you've got a decent uh, broadband connection, it does. It does, but and it also, you know, there's two. You know, because we're creators, we can always look at things from a different perspective. One way of looking at it is that it's uh, leveled the north-south divide because we can communicate via video conferencing. Another way to look at it is that you can finally keep us northerners at bay and we don't need to come down and <laughs> pollute London anymore. But I, I, I miss that. So, look, you know, get back on the train. Well, get, get on your bike. Come I cycle. will, yeah. Cycle all the way down for charity. Yeah, one thing that um, struck me, I don't know, again, I have never been rude enough to uh, ask your age or when you got started in the industry or anything like that, but there were talk, some of the people I've spoken to say, you know, when they started at, I don't know, Ogilvy in the early 90s, uh, shoots in, let's say, Rio or, you know, places like that in Brazil, you would, you would take, you know, production assistance, but also personal assistance, and you'd take the, you know, uh, people who were on front desk, like you'd have a huge load of people going over to a shoot. And I, part of me got the impression that that was, um, like you said, we've proven that we didn't need all those people on the shoot. And I have a sneaking suspicion that for a long time that was kind of seen as a, a working holiday for a lot of people in the agency. Yeah, I mean, I think it was uh, probably seen as a, as a perk. I, I, I think it's important for young creatives and people to actually get onto the shoot and understand how it works. But you can still do that um, by, by Zoom. We could do it on more local places. So. I don't think it it excludes that from the experience, but um, yeah, I, I think it just people are questioning it now, aren't they? You know, again, it goes back to the reset. You know, it's just resetting and just thinking about the impact. And actually, you have got other alternatives. Um, but I mean, look at the Mandalorian. Yeah, in terms of the, the, I don't know if you looked at the kind of making of uh, that kind of uh, setup. You know, but that is basically an unreal engine with a 3D model world um, using screens as a backdrop. It, it's kind of like the next stage on from green screen. The fact that's all rendered on the fly 
and it means their production timings come right down and they're not having to fly people all around the world to go and do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is going to take off that style of production because we've got uh, a partner that we work with and, and he specializes in uh, these kind of um, remote CGI suits. You know, everyone is basically in their own house with the full body thing on and they're just being directed over Zoom and their movements are being captured and put into this 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 new environment. And so... I mean, you know, more power to that. I really hope we can. I mean, doing doing more with less is the point. It's what we're trying. It's what we've all been trying to do, isn't it? Um, and you know, make things better with less effort. That's um, that's you know, surely the long term goal. But uh, you mentioned something a minute ago, and um, about the, this thing you've recently done with the NHS. And so, you know, I'm unaware of the, the broader context of that. So, tell us about the work. We'll put the film on now. And tell us, you know, how it's come about and what, you know, what it's for. And it's for the NHS Charities Together, um, who are an amazing organisation. Um, a lot of people will probably know them because Captain Tom, he, his walk, he raised, well, 120, million for them, you know. But they basically um, fund the NHS frontline. So they really look out after the, the nurses, the doctors, the volunteers, and uh, to help supplement the, the NHS and, and look after those guys. So um, our Starbucks client actually uh, came to us because uh, Starbucks are one of the brand partners uh, for the charity to help raise money this Christmas. Um, so there are people like Unilever with Marmite, uh, Kindred, the clothing company, um, and a number of others who are taking a, a piece of merchandise, so a gift, and then they are donating the profit from that purchase to the charity. So the, the whole thing was, uh, that's my alerts, which I should probably have turned off, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, so the whole campaign is called Gifts Which Give Back, um, and the thought was all about giving back to those who have given everything. So our observation was, you know, the NHS frontline has been amazing throughout this year. And, you know, at Christmas, now's the time to really acknowledge that. Um, so Michael and Philippa, one of our uh, great teams, uh, Iris, um, came, to, came to me with an idea. Um, and it was basically about this old uh, guy being rushed into hospital. Um, it plays out in three acts. Uh, you see the great care. You see this bond between the nurse and uh, this gentleman as he gets nursed back to health. And this is all happening in a run-up to Christmas. Uh, in Act 2, we see him observe how she is treating him and everyone else in the ward and in the hospital, even the children's wards, looking out for them, really giving back. Um, and then we get to the third act where you see him, he leaves home in time for Christmas. Uh, and then it's Christmas morning and we see the nurse um, who receives a, a present from one of the kids on the kids' ward. And the label on the present just says, thank you for everything you've done for all of us. Love, Santa. At which point she has this little kind of flashback moment and um, we're left with the question, was that, was that Santa? Um, and that's the, the heart of the film. Um, it's, um, it's, um, it's gone down really well. It's made a lot of people have a tear or two. Um, Nick Jack Davis, um, the director, has done a brilliant job on it. Everyone gave their time. We shot it on a Saturday, so it was all shot in one day. Um, as I said, all over Zoom. Um, there's a, a, an amazing film set in West London, which is all set up like a hospital. Um, and all the crew kind of gave their time. Um, Birdie on the soundtrack, um, it's just brilliant as well. So she had a, a track in 2011 called People Help the People. Um, and it all talks about helping um, your fellow man. And uh, it was just the perfect track. So 
um, her management, the label, got on board and uh, she re-recorded um, an acoustic version for us, especially for the film. Um, she did that at home, again, all under lockdown, and uh, that's the, the soundtrack to the film. So, yeah, it's literally launched today. Um, it's been mentioned on BBC uh, Breakfast this morning. There lots of influencers are sharing it um, online. And uh, the idea is, yeah, watch the film, check out the website and give a gift to a loved one, but at the same time, give some money back to the, to the NHS. Yeah, and, you know, Lord knows we owe the NHS. I mean, we, we've all been talking about it all year and just, you know, pouring out praise for them. But um, to uh, bring a very case in point very recently it's uh i there was half a chance i was there was a very strong chance but i was going to be doing this not from our office but from my uh, bedroom because uh last night i went to get a covid test and did the whole you know it's like going into 28 days later or the house in et when it's all surrounded in plastic uh got the results 18 hours later this lunchtime and said negative and so uh here i am but i can't believe how quickly we've uh, expanded the infrastructure and just how much progress you can make when there really is a strong motivation. But yeah, I um, I suspect there'll be lots of people uh, in the NHS uh, on the New Year's Honours list. I think the people also at Oxford and you know AstraZeneca, people who are developing the vaccine, uh, you know, there'll be just a huge laundry list of people who are. Um, uh, you know, unknown, unsung heroes. They should develop new sort of, you know, like military medals, but just for the medical people now. So, but it's great. Yeah. So that you guys have got on board and you made this film to celebrate that. And also, didn't you say it was done in about like two minutes or something? You did, um, not two minutes, but... Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the timings were really crazy. I think uh, from getting the brief, it was four weeks to actually end today. Um, so yeah, it's been a full on production but everyone's been so brilliant on the project and the, the clients are just so lovely and we had NHS advisors throughout helping us making sure we were being true to the actual situation within the, the hospital and the ward everyone's been brilliant great and so that's um well that's that's that you know what what's it what's the date now at the time of speaking I should know it's the 8th of December so that's this year, in a nutshell, what do you think is going to be happening next year? You know, I mean, you've alluded to some things like you suspect that January, February are going to be a little bit more difficult than maybe we're currently uh, taking into account because we're all excited about vaccines and Christmas and stuff like that. But yeah, what do you think? Where do you think we're going to be a year from now? What's going to have taken place? We're not going to hold you to it. I mean, I'd, I'd hope we don't forget, you know, and um, there's been lots of really horrible stuff. Um, but there's also been so much positivity and I think the sense of the community, the improvement on air quality and emissions, let's really pull together and keep that going. Um, and also remember that actually when lockdown happens, and I think you alluded to earlier as well in terms of the constraint, that's actually the best time for creativity. I think when you're restricted, it's amazing how people pull together and find a way. Um, I think we've got to keep true to that. If we just default back to how it was before, I think that would be the biggest shame. I think a sense of community and appreciating what the NHS has done, appreciating one another, I think is also really important, and our mental health, like looking out for each other. Yeah. So I think if we have more of that, 2021 would be a good year. Great. Well, I don't know if there's a good uh, way to... Uh, wrap up after that I thought one thing that might be useful and I am springing this on you because I don't think I, I prepared this earlier uh, would be to say is there any 
uh, work that you've seen out there in Adland from you know, uh, you know other agencies? Is there anything that really impressed you this year? I mean, um, I judged the Clio Sports Awards. Um, I thought the work Budweiser had done around the female soccer league um, out there was particularly impressive because of it because of its purpose. It stood for something. And I think they were one of only two or three sponsors. You know, if you look at the, the men's league, you've probably got every sponsor in every category. Uh, for the women's league, it was like a handful. So. Through their activity, they, they set out to find the future sponsor. So they used all of their channels. You know, Budweiser were quite recessive in terms of their presence. Um, but they managed to get six new major sponsors on board by the end of the campaign. And, and I think that, that I thought, was, was really, really interesting and um, showing the brand really, really standing up and following through. Um, I mean, in terms of, uh, it was actually last Christmas, you know, I, from a music perspective, you know, DWE and uh, Mike here and Mother doing Silence to the Critics. That, that was just a great use of music and made everyone smile. And it was a great insight around how you worry about hosting Christmas and being judged. They did it in a really, it's a musical, wasn't it? It's a modern musical. Yeah. Done in a really fresh way. But uh, I, I just think that's funny to think that was just going into Christmas last year, um, mm. the year with that now that idea of hosting Christmas is very different. Now. Yeah. Do you have um, the same sort of warped perspective that I do insofar as I feel like when I think back to March this year or February, that feels like a long time ago. When I think back to November last year, it feels like it's more recent. Yeah, it is weird, isn't it? And I think that's, that's the cabin fever part of it, isn't it? You know, the fact that we've been in our homes more and it's felt more like Groundhog Day, I think. So that has in many ways compressed the time. Yeah. When I was back at the amount of work we've generated, it feels like it's two years' worth of work. I'd kind of say us at Iris, we've probably had our best race to year in a very weird way. It's been tough, but creatively, I look at the outfit, I go, I lost to be proud of it. Well, I look forward to the quality of your work deteriorating when you get back in the office then. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the lunches and the chats, yeah. Uh, yeah see. That's one thing, actually, just before we wrap it up. what's um, A lot of people have said um, the disadvantage during the working from home is people coming into the industry during the working from home era because there are things you pick up from people next to you and seeing stuff happen and, you know, the atmosphere of the office. Is there, um, you know, have you noticed any particular drawbacks and things that we need to rectify if we're going to be doing more of this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, um, it's interesting actually going, it's another piece of work actually, but um, the Barley Card, we were doing some stuff around music talent and um, they're a big sponsor of uh, the music festival scene. Um, obviously with all the, the festivals on hold, um, all, that, all that sponsorship money was kind of, you know, it was going to be retracted. So we had an opportunity to create a branded content series, which um, the guys recorded down at Abbey Road Studios. So we had Fern Cotton uh, present it. Uh, it's a really simple idea. You get the big names act to then form a cover of the supporting act. So the new, young, up and coming talent got their song formed by the big stars. So they the Kaiser Chiefs, Mabel, uh, Bastille, um, Lewis Cabaldi all play, all play those bits. And I, I thought that was a really interesting way of actually giving back. So Barley Card used their media spend to then push out those performances. Channel 4 took on the uh, the piece as well and created a one-hour special, so it got out on broadcast TV. And even though the festival scene wasn't happening, there was still a way of actually using the digital channels to give people the platform. 
I think um, from you know young creative talent, I've, I've probably had more kind of one-on-one kind of sessions with more teams talking about their books, talking about their work, and I think we've seen that across across the business. We've now got to follow through next year as um, hopefully the economic um, situation picks up and there will be opportunity to be able to hire people. So I think there's a lot, lots of talent there, there's probably lots of connections, lots of mentoring going on. But what those talent, what that talent needs is the job and yeah. uh, prospects. So um, I think that's going to be a big focus for us next year to make sure we're supporting those guys through internships and you know longer term kind of contracts and trying to help um, get them, give them the opportunity just as we've done the, the music platform. Brilliant. Well, I think um, that's probably a good uh, a good place to uh, to wrap up until uh, until next year, which is only a few weeks away. Um, have you uh, got downtime slated for Christmas, or does it not start till the twenty fourth for you? Yeah, I'm, I've got a few days off before. I think my last day is the twenty third, but um, I'll, I'll be off on the twenty first. Uh, yeah, hopefully a, a week and a half or so with the, with the family. Um, so the in laws are coming round. Um, we're kind of limited, aren't we, to how many people, but it'll be enough to be uh, to be good fun. Actually, going to really um, treasure this this year. Brilliant. Well, uh, I will hit that record stop button there.